0: Welcome to Content with Character, the weekly podcast that'll give you the momentum you need to create content with more ease, clarity, and laughter. I'm your host, content copywriter Emily Aborn, and I'm all about unconventional marketing approaches. I believe in your big ideas, and I'm excited to help you share them in a way that's distinctly you. you. Group projects in school could go really, really well or really, really bad. It all depended on who was in your group and how they meshed together. Were you able to cooperate, communicate, and each pick up some of the workload? Or did everything fall on you or someone else in the group while everybody else sat back and waited for that sweet, sweet A to fall into their lap without having to lift a finger? In business, collaborations are the new group projects. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what goes into choosing collaborations as well as being a great collaborator. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Content with Character podcast. Obviously, as you gathered from the title and the intro, today we're going to be talking about collaborations, how to choose and be a great collaborator. Uh, we're going to go straight in today because I got to say, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Probably, I have quite a bit to say about it. So, since we're jumping right in, uh, let me just introduce myself really quickly in case this is your first time listening. I am Emily Aborn. I'm a content copywriter, a podcast host, as you can probably tell by the sound of my voice. I'm a podcast host of this podcast, as well as the She Built This podcast. And in addition to writing for nearly 100 industries, uh, I have to check my list soon. But I'm pretty darn close to 100. I've also been a business owner for a decade, and I've I've run a brick and mortar business, an online community and membership business, events, and also my copywriting business. Which, if you want the Cliff Notes version, uh, all of that is just to say that I have had the opportunity to collaborate with a lot of different folks over the past decade in a number of different ways. And in addition to collaborating a lot myself, I've also had the opportunity to hear stories of collaborations gone well and collaborations gone terribly, from my clients to uh, contractors that I've heard from, to event planners and coordinators. So I've got some, what I think are some good perspectives to offer you, and I also want to inspire you, encourage you, uh, pep talk you, and have some fun, of course, while we chat this topic out together so where we're headed today we're going to talk about why collaboration is so important and also why it's so awesome as business owners which I do get into a little bit more in my four out-of-the-box ways to increase your visibility episode as well. So I'm going to include that and also some other resources I have around collaboration in the show notes because I've done a lot around uh, collaboration and how to be a better collaborator as well as find better collaborations. So I'll make sure that there are lots and lots of resources and links for you to check out in the show notes. And what I'm gonna do after we talk about the why is I'll give you some examples of collaborations as a business owner. Some of them may surprise you. You may be like, oh, I, n- I never even thought of that as a collaboration. And you'll be able to see with those examples just how vital of a role collaboration plays in our businesses and also throughout our lives. And then we're going to talk about uh, choosing collaborations and also being a great collaborator. The two are somewhat one and the same, obviously, but there's some nuances there. And like I said, uh, I'm going to hook you up in the show notes. The show notes will have a whole bunch more resources for you. So make sure to check those out. Um, Also, if you don't know, I shouldn't assume you know where the show notes are. If you don't know where the show notes are or how to find them, here's what you do. You usually just, uh, well, I don't know what podcast player you're using, but um, you usually just whip out that podcast player app click the actual episode you're listening to and then the show notes should kind of dump out at you. If you you can't find them, send me a little email. I'll I'll help you get to the show notes so you can see them all for yourself and get yourself those sweet, sweet resources. Also, I know that Some people don't care about resources um, or additional reading or listening, um, but I like to have an array of options for the people who do, the people who want the extra goodies. So, okay, enough about the show notes, Emily. (laughs) Let's calm down about the show notes. Let's talk about collaboration. First, we got to rewind to school. Do you remember group projects in school? I was having this conversation with my husband the other night, and I was like, what were your thoughts on group projects in school? Now, I did not go to school until high school, which is another story for another day. So I did not know a lick about group projects until I got into high school. Before that, I was a lone wolf, and I preferred, I still prefer to this day many times, I prefer to do uh, actual work. Uh, on my own, though. In fairness, um, I also didn't actually do that much schoolwork when I before I actually went to high school. So I don't know. Maybe it would have lessened the load a little bit had I had I had more uh, collaborators. Anyway, another story for another day. Too much to unpack here. When I got to school and I discovered this concept of group projects, I realized very quickly I did not like these. I did not like them. In fact, I would venture to say I almost always hated them because here's what would happen. Here's how it would work. I would get partnered with, uh, inevitably, one cool kid, um, a nerd who was very, very smart, but lacked follow through, uh, the organizer and delegator, which I know you're probably like, wait, Emily, wouldn't that be you? No, that was not me. So that was kind of like the sort of uh, variation therein. And it pretty much happened that way every single time. I was the worker bee. The delegator would do, here's how it would go. The delegator would delegate. I would just keep taking on whatever the delegator delegated because the cool kid was not lifting a finger and the nerd kind of lacked follow through and I wanted to be sure that we got it all done. I also kind of liked doing the work and I got the impression that nobody else really liked doing the work. So I made sure that, you know, I would be the one doing all the work. I enjoyed it. And then after it was all said and done, I would re-delegate Back to everybody else. Here's what you have to say during the presentation. Here's how it's going down. I know you're like, whoa, control freak. Calm down. And I know this, but this is why I did not like group projects because I was just like, you know, I could just do this myself. Like I would have probably a way easier time doing this myself. So then we get up there to present it, right? And we then we all get the we all get a grade. Usually it's the same grade, um, and I'm sure a few here and there went okay, but whether you were the cool kid or the nerd who lacked follow through or the delegator or the doer, you probably can remember group projects that made you cringe. And more often than not, group projects in school were usually pretty rough. Well, this may be where we learned the premise of collaboration <laughs> to achieve that common goal, that, that common A plus, right? But I don't think that collaborations in business need to feel this way. They do not need to have you feeling that um, ick and the desire to fade slowly into the background like the Homer Simpson GIF, if you're familiar with that, or GIF, if you prefer. In business, a good collaboration actually should make you feel better. It should make... It, it's not always the easier choice, I'll say that, but it should make you feel better. It should make things better. You work together with someone else to achieve something that elevates you both and others around you in some way. So it becomes a win, win, win. A win for you, a win for the person you're collaborating with, and a win for the people on the receiving end of that collaboration. And they can go off without a hitch. I've had them go so, 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 so smoothly and good and easy. And it was just like this blissful feeling, no kinks. And I've also had times where it did not go over so well. And I can say that for about 70% of the times that did not go so hot for me, I had a good indicator or a hunch early on that it wasn't going to be good, which I ignored and barreled ahead anyway. And I don't regret any of my choices. I think I learned a lot even from the, the not so great experiences. Um, but I can say that I'm definitely more cautious and careful and slow to collaborate with the collaborators that I choose. And I kind of have like my, my tried and true collaborators, if you will. All right, so let's talk about some of the types of collaborations you might experience as an entrepreneur. This is no matter if you are a house painter, a travel agent, a massage therapist, or a web designer, we all have collaborations. Right off the bat, clients. You may not think of your clients as a collaborator with you, but they are. Now, for me personally, I work pretty closely with my clients. We communicate a lot. I'm using my expertise to get them further, but they don't, and, and I'm helping their business, right? But they don't just get to sit back the entire time. I actually need them. I need their input, their voice, their approval, their next steps. They need to give me the pieces to get their message out there. They need to do a little homework. Um, so when we're done, it becomes a win-win-win, uh, but we all have to kind of bring something to the table. Your client, No matter who your clients are, they kind of do too. Even if it's not much that they have to bring to the table, they still have to bring something to the table. That's a collaboration. Now, like I said, it's a win-win-win. They win. My clients win because their copy now shines online. I win because I got paid. And I have another industry I can add to my portfolio. And their clients win because now their clients can find them. So, and their clients also win because now more clients can find them. They can make more of an impact. So if you work with any sort of clients, It is a collaboration. Um, Number two, an example is a contractor situation. Some common ones are website designers. You heard me give Jenny B. Designs a shout out on last week's episode for the review that she wrote. Jenny is a great example of a web designer I collaborate with on a regular basis. I do the copy, she does the website design. So website designer, um, a copywriter, brand designing, those are all kind of like common blends, let's say. Podcast management service and content writer. There's another common blend. Podcast management service and podcast pitching service. Uh, you get the idea. So contractor situations. Now, this con- this is either contractors you hire to do a job for you uh, or contractors that you work alongside with. In either way, you are actually collaborating. This is your working together for that common goal, for that win, win, win. Number three, um, events and like special one-offs that you might be doing. This could be like summits or workshops or things that are ongoing, uh, stuff like that. Um, number four, podcast guesting, and hosting, or or you know what, speaking engagements. This is big time collaboration right here. You're bringing your expertise, but they're also giving you a platform. And then the expertise that you are bringing helps the audience or the listeners to learn and grow. So it's a win, win, win. Um, uh, just some other few examples, part, partnerships, uh, joint ventures, affiliate marketing, affiliate marketing, I'm so sorry, vendor relationships, the list goes on. I'm sure you can think of even more. Um, Even your bank, you know, I was thinking about this. Even your bank is a collaborator, if you really think about it, right? They take your money, you give them your money, uh, they take your money and they do profit off your money. And I'm sure that there's a third party in there. So it's a win-win with the bank. (laughs) Okay, it's not a win-win-win. My definition of collaboration in business is this. One plus one equals more than one. And I really like uh, one plus one equals lots more than one or one plus one is massive amounts more impact than one, right? So it's really just you plus someone else or something else or some other parties um, making something bigger and, and better, really making something better. And you all should feel better at the end and the customers or clients or people you're serving on the other side should also feel better on the other side. So that all said, how to choose? How to choose? Uh, I have a friend, <laughs> Lisa Zarotny, she is host of the Positively Living podcast and she's known for saying if you give it, if you present her with a list of options or ideas, or ask her to choose her favorite, she says, "Don't make me choose." <laughs> and I love when she says this. And there are many, many times in our business when you don't need to choose, right? You can, you can do it all. You can do whatever. Um, but with collaborations, it is not this. It is not this. You're going to want to choose, and you're going to want to be picky, choosy, particular. Um, I realize, as I say this, sometimes you cannot be this way at first, but as you grow your business, you're going to be hopefully able to afford to be a little bit more selective. And I do want to say, if I could rewind and do some things all over again, I would venture to say that had I been more selective and narrow in some of the collaborations I chose, uh, I would have felt... Less stressed, less stretched, and better right from the start. So, I don't know. I don't know if it is down to what phase you're on in your business or if you just need to kind of be choosy from the get go. It really just depends on you and also your goals in, your, in the collaborations, and only you know your business. Anyway, I have some tips on choosing collaborations that are right for you. So, I've got just seven tips. We're going to fly through these and then we're going to talk about being a good collaborator. So tip number 1 um it's okay i needed to learn this like 7 years ago <laughs> it is okay to give something time and space to think on it you can have a think on something you don't have to say yes right away you don't also have to say yes to everything um You don't have to cave in just because somebody's offering you something else. So sometimes people will come to us and say, hey, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. I'll give you a spot on my podcast, right? You can be a guest on their podcast without having them be a guest on your podcast. Uh, Of course, you need to discuss that up front. You don't say yes to being on their podcast. And then when the turn comes for them to be on yours, you're like, nope, just kidding. Um, but you can do that. Like you can say, you know, I'm not taking guests right now, but I would love to be a guest on your podcast. So there is that you do not have to say yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to every single collaboration. And I would encourage you in that you only, only, you know, your weak spots. So sometimes it's like, uh, oh my God, they're flattering me. Like they love me. They think I'm so fantastic. How could I not collaborate with them? You know, but you, and only you know what, What spots are are ways that people can poke their way in through those boundaries, and you need to stand firm in those. Um, Another tip I have on choosing the right collaborations are to look at somebody's values. Now there are a couple ways to do this, um, but I I guess the question to start with is like, can you stand behind them and their business overall? So I'll give you an example. I'm not going to use any names, obviously, but. I was doing something with someone uh, a couple years ago where upon reflection I realized that we had the totally opposite values and in fact uh something in in specifically that this person stood for was so opposite to what I was trying to do with women entrepreneurs um and in fact it was I want to say it was like kind of shisty or harmful um And so that's a great example of like, had I looked a little bit closer, maybe had I given it that think, that time and space, I would have been able to see that their values didn't align with my values. I I actually wouldn't be able to stand behind them as a business owner. So that's, I mean, this is like serious business, you know. You do need not, you know, there are different levels, right? There are different levels of how we collaborate with people. Um, But with some collaborators, you really need to make sure like, okay, I can stand behind this or I I feel good about sharing this with this person and my name attached to this person. You are basically attaching your name to this person. Um, Okay, another one is time, attention, bandwidth. And I would ask, this comes on both sides of it. So when it comes to time, attention, and bandwidth in choosing your collaborations, first you have to ask yourself, do I have it? Do I have time for this collaboration? Do I have the attention? Am I excited? Do I have the bandwidth for this collaboration? Like, am I going to be able to really put the effort into this? And then you also, I think this is just where you have to flat out ask them the question, Uh, Do they have it? You know, do they have time? Do they really have time? And you can just ask them, you can walk through together what kind of time is involved in this, what kind of attention you both expect from one another, what type of effort you both expect from one another, and you can look at, do we have this? Are we able to actually accomplish this together? Um, Another thing I think to look at is skills needed. What are we bringing to the table, right? What, what, What am I bringing to the table and where are my gaps? What is something I cannot do? So for example, with the copywriting and website design, that's actually a perfect example. Because I don't do website design, nor would I ever try. Like, you do not want me touching your website, trust me. Um, so I don't have that skill. And a, a website designer, uh, some say that they do, <laughs> but most website designers don't, I mean, they, first of all, don't really have an interest in copywriting. Uh, and second of all, they don't have that skill. Um, they don't have the deep knowledge of search engine optimization and what goes on what page and stuff like that because they're busy being good at what they do. So that's something to look at. And does this person have the skills I lack? Or if you're not lacking any skills, like if you truly could just do it all yourself, like I was talking about in those group projects in high school, is their skills, like, can we complement each other in some way? Or can we work together on our strengths to make our strengths even stronger? Or bring our gifts together to make them even even more of a gift, right? Can we make it complementary or cohesive? So that's something to look at. Oh my gosh, this one is a big one. I'm on number six, in case you're not keeping track, I am. Uh, six of seven. Do you like the person? Do you like the person? Oh my gosh. Can you handle working with them? And if you don't know, here's one thing I really have learned this past year give it a test run. So start with something really, really small, like a little, little test, little test collaboration, right? Something low stakes, something small, see how you work together, see if you like them. Um, I do this with retainer clients. So l- I don't do retainers, I tend to just do projects, um, like a one time project, or or multiple time projects, you know, but Some people I will do a retainer for and the way that I structure it is like I do not take you on as a retainer client if we haven't worked together before. So that way I know like I don't want to get like you know two months in and then have it be like oh my gosh I need to stop with this person because they're really really hard to work with or vice versa. They don't like me you know and then they just want to like cancel the retainer. So um, I really like to give that a little test run. Like, all right, let's do a small project together. Let's do your bio or uh, let's do your welcome packet, right? And we can kind of see or a couple blogs and we can see if we like each other and if we want to keep on working together. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do this in every single situation. There are other ways you'll be able to determine whether or not you like somebody um, and whether or not you can work with them. So some of it comes down to asking really good questions. Some of it comes down to that like gut check. Some of it comes with exploring their website a little bit and, and checking out some of their language and some of the, the things that they say about how they work, how they like to work. You know, asking them how they like to work is, an, is another great one. So you can just ask. Like this is, this is my best advice for choosing good collaborations. Ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions up front. Um, If you, if you have doubts, that is. Okay. Uh, And number seven is, can you communicate with them? And I I think this is another one I just want to stress. If there is somebody who you don't feel like you can be, like, let's say something happens, right, during the collaboration and um, things are going downhill, and you feel that you cannot communicate to them your needs, your feelings, your thoughts, uh, your concerns, you need to not get into that. So I would have a candid conversation up front, along the lines of like, all right, how are we going how do you like to communicate best is a great one. Um, and then also like, how are we gonna navigate obstacles together? Now again, obviously you're not gonna do this with every client, but you're gonna have some good sort of uh, interaction in that discovery call and in the initial client engagement process where you're going to kind of learn, okay, can I communicate with this person? And also, I guess, how do they like to be communicated with? Like, do they like really direct communication? Do they need a kind of like softer touch, you know? Um, so it's, it's all those kind of questions and you can actually ask them and include them upfront. Uh, Okay. Let's dive into being a great collaborator. So first off, if you did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode on the four agreements, which I applied to business in general, um, I would welcome you to do that because I think that if you follow those four agreements, you're going to be set for anything in life, but you're definitely going to be really well off as as a collaborator, as being a great collaborator. Um, and this, you know what, as you're listening to this part, I want you to also think about this is also how to be a great client. Like, th- I can't even tell you how much. I just want to hug the great clients, right? Because uh, they, they do these things and it's it's wonderful and lovely. So number one, let's talk about uh, doing your best. And that we did talk about in last week's episode. But as being a great collaborator is it really just like it boils down to I am going to do my best in this and everything else that I do, Uh, I'm gonna do my best. Um, Being a great collaborator, is also about being honest and clear in your expectations, also your communication. We've talked a lot about that. Uh, Establishing your boundaries, that is a-okay. And I do think when we are setting out to establish boundaries, uh, you need to remember that it needs to be a win for both of you. So if like you're establishing a boundary that's just not gonna work for the other person, you need to talk about that. Um, This is a win for both of you. So it has to be a win for you and it also has to be a win for the person That you're collaborating with, but all of that honesty, clarity, expectations, communication, establishing boundaries the more you can do up front, the better. Um, value and respect, and I think that this comes down to valuing the other person, the person that you're collaborating with, respecting the person you're collaborating with is so huge. But here's some other things, not just them as a person. Respect their time, Uh, value their time, respect their input, their strengths. Remember, you want to be making each other feel better. You should be bringing more of each other's light out into the world, not trying to compete with one another, not trying to dull each other's light. So value and respect are two great ways to be a great collaborator. Um, And if you don't respect somebody, Maybe it's a time to look at that and say, you know what, I'm not going to collaborate with them because I don't respect them. <laughs> um, helping to promote the collaboration, do your part. I am going to read you something. Just, just uh, sum it up. That Sarah Penner shared in the podcast guest collaboration group. Sarah Penner is the admin of that group, and it's a fabulous group. And she talks about, in the world of podcasting, collaborations flourish when we are rooted in relationships. Success isn't just about content creation. It's about building meaningful relationships. Um, She goes on to talk about taking time to get to know the guest or host you're recording with, following up with each other and supporting each other by sharing the episode, right? Sharing the work that you're doing together. Um, being reciprocal with when, when you are collaborating with somebody. So helping promote and do your part. Uh, following through on your promises and keeping your word. We also talked about this last week in the four agreements episode. So, so huge in the world of not just the collaboration you're in directly, but the, it has a ripple effect and it will affect other collaborations when you are the person who follows through on your promises and keeps your word, upholds your end of the bargain. Okay, want to be a really great collaborator? You want the like the the fast track to being a really great collaborator. <laughs> when you have volunteered to do something or you have your piece of the the collaboration, uh, don't procrastinate and drag your feet on it. Um, it's a sign, you know, it's a sign of many many things. But uh, your procrastination and dragging your feet as a client, as a contractor, as a collaborator, it is a ripple effect, and it will. Affect other people. It causes other people to have to pick up slack, do things in the 11th hour, uh, circle, uh, juggle juggle, you know, so don't procrastinate and drag your feet. Now, I don't care what you do on your own time. But if you're in a collaboration, uh, really, really steer clear of procrastination as much as possible. Okay, after the fact, after the collaboration is all over, when somebody gives you a, remember, this is about both of you bringing your gifts, both of you bringing your strengths, both of you bringing something to the table. So after the fact, when people are raving about the co- collaboration, when somebody gives you a compliment about it, please pay it forward. Please say thank you and pay it forward to your collaborator too. So let me give you an example, because I have seen this so many times when somebody takes all the credit, they take that A plus for what was actually a collaboration. It was actually a group project where everybody, the nerd, the cool kid, and the delegator and the, and the doer all did the work. So here's a way to do it. Let's say somebody says, oh my gosh, that event was so amazing. It changed my entire life. You can just reply and say, thank you so much. I was so lucky to be able to collaborate with Lisa. She made it so easy to pull off without a hitch. We made such a great team. Um, All I'm going to say on that is uh, I've seen it happen. I've had it happen to me. And it really, really is hurtful when somebody else is singing the praises of what you know you put your blood, sweat, and tears into, and the other person just sits back and soaks up all the glory and all those magical little A plus stars. Okay. So when somebody gives you a compliment about the collaboration, say thank you and pay it forward. As a collaborator, please show up engaged and excited and really passionate about what you're doing. If it's a no, let it be a no but don't show up in that energy having had said yes, okay? Know yourself. If you need to say no or not right now, do so. Let your yeses be really excited. Yeses. Let your no's be really truthful no's for yourself. Um, Even for clients. I think that sometimes people say yes to me like clients will say yes before they're actually ready to do anything or like they don't actually have a timeline and they don't care when it gets done. And then it can get really, really frustrating for the contractors working for them because their project just keeps on getting dragged out because they're in no rush, right? So it should have been a not right now, but instead they let it be a yes and now everybody's kind of suffering. So just keep that in mind. If you need to say no or not right now, do so. Like whatever... You want to show up engaged and excited to get this done. Um, and then, lastly, be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. So, you know, during collaborations, there are things that happen within collaborations that you don't talk about outside the collaborations. And you also want to be that safe place where somebody can go and and talk about what's actually happening. So, be a person uh, of their word. I guess that can just that can be trusted. Okay. On that note. Let's wrap her up. Uh, I'm not going to sum all this up because I basically gave you all of the little kind of bullet points they're in. Um, But I just want to say I don't always think collaborations don't always make things easier. Okay. Sometimes it's actually a harder choice to make, it's a harder route to go. Um, But that said, they can be easy and they can be smooth and they should make everybody feel better. And in the long run, this is what I love most about collaborations they will take you places you never knew existed. They can unlock possibilities you never even imagined. And when you bring your strengths, your skills, your gifts, your personality together with somebody else's, you often go further, faster, together. You make a bigger impact. You expand your reach. You help more people win with what you're doing. And I'll say this, it may not always be easier, but it usually is a lot less lonely. It usually is a lot more exciting and and it's really great to have somebody by your side who is as excited about something as you are. So, those are some of the reasons I absolutely love collaborations. And I have a million more thoughts on all of this, but I'm going to I wanted to keep it as short and sweet as possible today. So there are going to be more links in the show notes. There's a few episodes of the She Built This podcast that I do go more into collaborations. I have some blogs for you, some past content with character episodes. Take what you need, leave the rest. And on that note, I will thank you for collaborating with me today as my listener, and I'm going to see you next time when we talk about connecting with your people no matter where they are, because not everybody is in the same place in their awareness of what you offer, and we want to talk to them exactly where they are. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Content with Character. If you loved the episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and share it with someone else you know it could help. For more content and visibility tips, visit my blog at emilyaborn.com and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at emilyaborn. I'd love to hear how this inspired you to take action.